Radio. Should the church speak in the marriage debate? An interview with Trent Horn. So I'm joined today by Trent Horn from Catholic Answers. Thanks for joining me. No problem. Thank you for having me. Now, I just wanted to speak to you a little bit uh, about marriage, considering we have the marriage debate here in Australia. We have a federal election coming up in which marriage is somewhat of a big issue. Right. Um, and I guess one argument um, that I've heard, and I think it's, it's somewhat of a fair argument, um, is that the Catholic Church shouldn't really be speaking about marriage because the Catholic Church has her definition of marriage, but really shouldn't be imposing that uh, definition of marriage upon other, other people. Um, I guess the state would have their definition of marriage and that the church can have her definition of marriage, whatever the state's definition is. Uh, And so, as the argument runs, therefore, the Catholic Church shouldn't really be imposing upon non-Catholics the definition of marriage. Um, I guess, first of all, I'd ask, what's your response to that argument? Well, I would say that while the church has a deeper understanding of marriage than the state does, for example, the church teaches that when two baptized Christians are married, they enter into a sacramental marriage that nothing can dissolve except for death itself. The church has a deeper understanding of marriage, but marriage, what it is objectively, is the same, whether the church speaks about it or the state. So it's not the issue of the church has a view of marriage and the state does. Rather, marriage is an objective reality, and people are either correct about that reality or incorrect. And so what the church is saying is that for the common good of society, we should not redefine marriage. Another point I would make on this is that Any view of marriage inscribed in the law is going to impose a certain view of marriage. For example, if you say that marriage is the union of two people, you impose your monogamous view on people who believe in polyamory, who believe in more than two people in marriage. So there's always going to be some kind of imposition. Everyone's going to impose a view they think is correct. So all we're saying as Catholics is that we have good arguments from reason, from sociology, to show that marriage is a unique institution because it celebrates the unique bond that only exists in the permanent sexually exclusive union of men and women. How would that view, I guess, though, affect um, people who have other opinions, I guess, on marriage? I guess one could say that um, that by saying that marriage is between two people, um, that Catholics can still have man-woman as their definition of marriage. But this view of marriage, that it's between two people of non-specific gender, I guess is a larger definition which can have that within it. How would you respond to that? Well, I would say is you're by saying instead of men and women that it is only two people, what you are doing is you are radically changing the purpose of marriage. The purpose of marriage is to regulate and promote the sexual bonds that exist between men and women because new life comes from those bonds. Not always. But it does. It's true, not every married couple has children, but every child has a mother and father. Marriage exists to make sure that a man and woman are irreplaceable to one another before they become irreplaceable to a child. If you change it, you, it's true, more couples, more unions will be called marriages, but in the process of doing that, you will weaken marriage as a whole. Uh, you will remove the state's incentive to say marriage should be lifelong, Uh, or that it should be sexually exclusive because you're redefining it to accommodate adult desires, not the welfare of children or promoting the sexual union that exists between men and women. So you'll be weakening marriage and you'll also be affecting marriages between men and women because if you redefine marriage, you redefine parenthood. For example, uh, when my own son was born, uh, it was presumed that I was his father and I didn't need to pass a paternity test. The reason was because I'm married to his mother. 
In common law, there is something called a presumption of paternity, that marriage exists uh, to unite men and women. So if a child is born, the person who's married to the mother is over 90% of the time the father. We have that safe presumption. But if you redefine marriage to accommodate same-sex couples, you cannot have that presumption anymore. If two women are married and one of the women gives birth, the other one, 100% of the time, is not related to the child. So suddenly, parenthood is not something that the state recognizes exists naturally. It's something that the state legally designates. And it makes parenthood go from a natural biological reality to a legal reality. And that can lead to some very dangerous consequences. Mm-hmm. Here in Australia, I know that in the United States, um, with marriage, it's mostly been through the courts um, yes. that these that these have been decided. Um, here in Australia, it already has gone through the courts, and they sort of pushed it back to to the parliament. Um, and so there's kind of two, uh, I guess, two competing ideas on how this question should be resolved uh, by the state. Mm. Um, one is that the parliament should decide it through a vote, which is how most laws in Australia are decided. And the other one is a plebiscite or referendum, but the plebiscite yeah. seems to be most likely at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the arguments against the plebiscite at the moment is that it will be a long protracted debate, uh, which would be harmful to people with same-sex attraction. What well, would you say to that? Well, I would say that uh, just accepting the, the definition of marriage, we're only looking at one side. Number one, how would it be harmful How is it harmful for us to have a civilized discussion about the reasons we should be redefining a universal cultural institution like marriage? What about the harm that will come to children or families if we weaken marriage or take away the unique role mothers and fathers have? Uh, Now, that doesn't mean in our debates we should be uh, rude or use slurs or dehumanize those who disagree with us. But in the civilized Western world, we can have a debate about laws and about our culture uh, that the debate itself shouldn't harm anyone. Uh, What will harm people is if we redefine marriage and we lose the essential elements of marriage, such as its permanence or its monogamous nature, in order to accommodate adult desires. So it's good for the people to be able to discuss and, and debate and decide this. And then come to a come to a resolution. Although that wouldn't mean there wouldn't be anything wrong with Parliament deciding this either, because that's how a democracy works. We elect those who voice our interests. But to simply say we should just end the debate, which is what essentially what happened in the United States, in the state of California, where where I was working for a time, the people came together in a in a referendum and they voted that marriage is the union of a man and woman. And the other side just said, Well, you're wrong. And they went to the courts, and the courts have essentially decided this. Uh, Now, public opinion seems to have shifted with the court's decisions, but that doesn't mean we should stop fighting for what marriage is and for how important it is for society. So I think that you all here have a great opportunity to have an important debate, and and you should have it. Mm. You mentioned before the importance of not being rude, I guess, and not being, um, I guess, brash uh, in our approach as Catholics or anyone who supports um, the natural definition of marriage. Yes. Um, How would we, I guess... Your, your own tips um, of how we should go about the marriage debate? I think the number one thing we should focus on is answering the question, what is marriage? That if we're going to be talking about, this isn't the idea of letting a group of people enter into what we call marriage. It would be about redefining marriage so that it's not intrinsically linked to men, women, sexual union, or children. 
It would just be about celebrating adult love or adult relationships. So we should ask, well, you want to you want to read if you believe in same sex marriage or marriage equality, what does the word marriage mean to you? And if the person just says, well, it's just a union of two people, we should ask, well, if that's the case, why does government have to meddle in our private lives? Why should we expect this union to be lifelong rather than as long as there's love or a desire to have a commitment? Why should it only be two people? Why should it be sexual in nature? Should two elderly sisters or a father and son be allowed to marry to share property or be on each other's health insurance? If it's about love, what about non-sexual love? Does it have to be exclusive? Could you have open marriages? You see the Pandora's box that is opened uh, when people redefine marriage. So what we should do is stay away from the same-sex part. This isn't a debate about the morality of same-sex behavior. It's a debate about what marriage is. And if you redefine it, why should we have all of these elements of marriage? Uh, Because I fear if we redefine it, those elements of permanence and monogamy will eventually go away as, you know, old-fashioned ideas. So I would recommend people to keep their cool and just ask, what is marriage? And whose view better explains the permanent monogamous elements everyone agrees is a part of marriage? And then say, look, if there are other people who need rights from the government, hospital visitation, legal rights, things like that, give those to any relationship, whether it's sexual or non-sexual, whether it's two people or four people who live in the same house. But keep the unique bond that exists between men and women who are sexually exclusive in a lifelong union. Keep that unique bond within marriage so that bond can be strengthened for the good of society. Thank you very much, Trenhorn. Um, Thank you very much for coming all the way to Australia. Sure, Um, no problem. And yes, you'll be um, here for, for a couple of weeks now. I've been here for about a week, and uh, I'll be doing another talk in in Melbourne and then uh, heading back home, but I do hope to return uh, soon in the near future. Wonderful. Well, we'll keep you uh, and your apostolate in our prayers. Thank you very much. God bless. That was an interview with Trent Horn entitled, Should the Church Be Involved in the Marriage Debate? Trent Horn was in Australia thanks to Perusia Media. And for more talks, interviews, and shows, visit cradio.org.au.